As we always do on Wednesdays here on ScoopsWithDannyMac.com, we visit with Brian Walton of TheCardinalNation.com. He covers the minor leagues. This is brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. See more at BlueTailMedicalGroup.com. A great option, obviously, before surgery. Find out what they offer at Blue Tail Medical Group. You know, Brian, we've been doing this every Wednesday. Your expertise is the minor leagues. Obviously, you follow the Cardinals. Your website is just magnificent on all levels of uh, Cardinals minor league systems. But uh, I, I got to tell you, <laughs> not that we were pulling at strings, okay, at straws here to try to figure out what to talk about, but uh, it makes it a lot of easier when there's games going on. And we finally had minor league baseball yesterday. It was nice to see baseball back on the field at minor league stadiums. Yeah, it's really exciting. I mean, really, this is the first time since September of 2019 that fans could go watch minor league baseball or even, you know, turn on their device and watch it on MILB.TV. So, yeah, it's a wonderful time. And as we've talked about ad infinitum, this year is so important for these young players to make up for the lost time of 2020. How about uh, some of the guys in the Cardinals system that uh, played well yesterday? What what took place? Uh, well, Memphis uh, had their home opener against the Durham Bulls. And uh, Tommy Parsons got the start. Uh, you know, he's a young man who pitched very, very well in spring training, uh, you know, undrafted uh, free agent. But he struggled in his outing. And I think Parsons was probably starting, in, and Johan Oviedo was ticketed for that till he was needed in St. Louis. Uh, but um, Max Moroff, the infielder who, you know, looked good in spring training but just, you know, lost in the roster spot crunch, uh, had a perfect night with a double walk, three runs scored, RBI. So it was a nice game for Max Moroff, but the Redbirds fell. How about at Springfield? Double A Springfield was at home. Uh, they played the Wichita Wind Surge, which is a new team, uh, Cincinnati affiliate. And uh, Domingo, Domingo Robles, who's a left-hander that we don't know too much about because he was acquired from Pittsburgh uh, during the offseason for international money. Uh, the left-hander threw five scoreless innings, but unfortunately the Springfield offense was unable to get on the board and they fell 2-0. to zero. And one of the top prospects uh, the Cardinals have at, at – uh, the, one of the lowest levels that they have, but a high prospect, high draft choice made his presence felt. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Palm Beach at the lowest level, they had a, a walk-off victory on a two-run error. Uh, they played Daytona at Roger Dean Stadium. And uh, this was one of those weird games where, uh, you know, Roger Dean, as we talked about in an earlier telecast, Roger Dean is not open to fans on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Sunday. So this game was actually played in front of no audience. But um, the, to, to your point, the Cardinals' first rounder in 2020 – third baseman uh, J uh, Jordan Walker hit his uh, first home run, a solo home run in his first professional at bat in the, you know, big Roger Dean stadium. So that would have been nice to see had we been able to be there, but you know, it was nice that Palm beach was able to walk off with a win. That was the only win in the system because at the higher level above Peoria was at Cedar Rapids and got shut out seven to zero. I want to go back to Memphis. If we can, for just a moment, uh, Austin Dean was sent back down uh, to Memphis and maybe you can give uh, fans an idea too of the idea of where some of the guys are playing at Memphis. So you're at AAA. You're not that far away, clearly. You're one one step away from Major League Baseball. But some of the position players and, and guys of, uh, of that starting roster or starting lineup, I should say, from yesterday. Yeah, it's it's interesting, Dan, because, you know, one of the things that the, that uh, Memphis has is right now is six outfielders. So you've got Scott Hurst and Lane Thomas, of course, who have Major League experience. Matt Caesar, who has a uh, – 
has a World Series ring as a member of the Cubs, and he was cited by manager Ben Johnson as one of the leaders on the team. You got Lars Newtbar, who was in spring camp as an up-and-coming guy, Connor Capel, and then, as you said, Austin Dean. So they've got six legitimate outfielders on the Springfield roster, and that's going to be important because Dean, Dean can also play first base, which gives them a little bit of a buffer. Now, we've been told that John Nagowski is going to report uh, to the team either today or tomorrow to begin his uh, minor league rehab. So I'm sure he'll play the field if he's ready physically to do so. Yeah, uh, that's how I specifically wanted to talk about the outfielders. I, I'm fascinated at how they get guys playing time and keep them sharp. You know what I mean? It's in, in, Like you said, Dean can play first base, but the other outfielders, this is about trying to get playing time at bats improvement. So be interesting to see how they juggle that. That's that's right. And I think, I think that... Uh, I hate to say it this way, but Scott Hurst, I think, was a pleasant surprise. And it's not that Scott Hurst was a bad player. He's a third-round draft pick. But he had had a really bad year in 2019, and his prospect luster you know, dimmed a little bit. But he came up to St. Louis and, and played credible defense as a hustle guy, you know, sort of like uh, a Tommy Edmond type in that he can, you know, he knows the game well, he doesn't make mistakes, and he gets the most out of his talent. But, but Lane Thomas, I think of all the players in this roster, Lane Thomas is a guy that I really want to see and try to find out if he can recapture – the success he had in 2018, 2019 before he, he hurt his wrist and then he had COVID last year because, you know, he was probably one of the biggest disappointments in spring camp this year for St. Louis. And, you know, if he wants to turn his career around, he's going to have to do it in Memphis and earn his way back up into the picture in St. Louis. Yeah, you think about Lane Thomas, uh, it was kind of there for the taking. You know, when he got out of uh, the gates here in spring training, was playing well. First 10 at-bats, he's hitting the ball. First, I'd say, week, week and a half, he's doing well. And then something happened, and I, I, it's just hard to put your finger on it. What's going on with Lane Thomas? Yeah, and it was you know it was easier to to write off his his poor play in 2020 because according to what Mike Schill told us, other than Carlos Martinez, uh, Lane Thomas was the Cardinal who was most negatively impacted by COVID. You know he had a, you know he had problems for a long period of time, but you know you'd hope that's passed. You hope that there's not any lingering you know issues with what the virus did to Lane Thomas because we've seen and he's a very very solid player, but. He needs to realize that potential in a hurry or the opportunity to get an outfield and job in St. Louis is going to pass him by. Absolutely. Uh, I, I thought you had a great article. I talked to Gary LaRock the other day, um, and he said, you know, a lot of times what we have to look at is that the minor leagues are a testing ground to try to see what we can do at the major league level, and we understand that. So part of that is the rule changes happening with the minor leagues, and it's going to be a big story as we move throughout the summer. Uh, but you, you wrote a great article on the big changes with the rule changes in the minor leagues, how it affects the different levels. What, what did you get into with that? Maybe you can uh, tell our fans about it. Yeah, I'll try to hit some of the highlights here, Dan. Across minor league baseball, so this is all levels, roster sizes have been increased this year. That gives teams more flexibility to manage their pitching more carefully. So at AAA and AA, so that's Memphis Springfield, they're allowed up to 28 players active. And at the Class A levels, up to 30 players. So that means, you know, guys can stay on the rosters and without the, a lot of the movement that has to occur because there are, you know, potential COVID impacts with, with a lot of players shuffling back and forth. Another thing we've seen is that by Palm Beach moving down to low Class A, that means that the players that are in the complex league, the players that are working out in, in Jupiter now, will be in the same facility as the first level of full-season ball, so they can move players more easily in the Jupiter facility just by being in the same clubhouse between the complex and Peoria team. Uh, the schedule this year is compressed because minor league baseball started a month late. The season will only be 120 games, and it will run through September 19th. There won't be any playoffs. And we're seeing these six-game series this year where all minor league teams will have Mondays off. They'll play six-game series at the same location from Tuesday through 
Sunday. So it's an, and again, this is to minimize travel and health risks. And it's kind of interesting. And, but the, I, so I wondered whether the Cardinals were going to go with six man rotations or, or five man, and they've decided to go with five man. So what will happen is the same pitchers, the pitcher will start game one of the series and then the last game on Sunday. So that's going to provide some interesting um, feedback as well. I, as I mentioned, there won't be any postseason in 2021 across the minor leagues, so the seasons will end. Now, at every level of the Cardinal system, their teams are in new leagues and new divisions. So the old leagues, Pacific Coast League, Texas League, et cetera, they've all been blown up. And now we have descriptive names like the East League, Southeast Division. And it's complicated for everybody to remember. But uh, a lot of in cases like Memphis Redbirds, they're in a new division. They still play Nashville, but now they're playing a bunch of teams that were previously in the International League. Indianapolis, Gwinnett in Georgia, Durham Bulls, Louisville, Toledo, Jacksonville, Norfolk. So there, you know, there'll be some new teams coming into uh, AutoZone Park that they haven't seen before. Well, the interesting rule changes they're trying in AAA this year is they have increased the size of the bases, the bags. Uh, 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 first base, second base, third base are, have always been 15 inches, or for years, have been 15 inches square. They've decided to increase the bags by three inches, which they hope will increase the success rate of stolen base attempts and, of course, success of that because they want to see more action in the game. So that'll be interesting to watch. Um, at AA Springfield, um, really, uh, there's a lot of similarity other than this new opponent I mentioned, Wichita. They'll still be playing the traditional opponents from the Texas League in their division, Arkansas, Northwest Arkansas, Tulsa. But there's an interesting rule change that's, that's being tested at AA this year, and that is that on the infield, the defensive team must have both feet completely in front of the outer boundary of the dirt on the infield which means you can't play your second baseman 12 feet into the outfield. The infielders have to have their feet on the dirt. And they're thinking about trying the idea of basically banning shifts, requiring two infielders to be on each side of second base, but they haven't done that yet. So that's an interesting test that's going to be going on in double A. Uh, at high A, the rule they're trying there, and now this, this is now Peoria, the high A pitchers must get off the rubber before they throw to any base. Otherwise, they get called for a box. So a pitcher can't just wheel around and keep his feet. He has to actually step off. And again, the idea there is to help the stolen base by giving runners a little bit more of an advantage. Uh, down at Class A Palm Beach, uh, as I mentioned, uh, big changes in terms of the fact the ballpark is only going to be open. Roger Dean is only going to be open um, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday games. Um, one of the rule, there's a couple of interesting rule changes in Palm Beach. One of the, because they have the technology in those spring training ballparks, they're actually going to try in the league that Palm Beach is in an automatic ball strike system uh, to assist, as they say, home plate umpires in calling ball and strikes. So they're going to try to see if the you know robo ump process is going to work. Um, they're also in that area of step offs or pickoffs for pitchers. They've decided to establish a quota. In, uh, in low A, say pitchers can only do it twice per plate appearances with any runners on base. So they're not going to let guys step off three, four, or five times. So, you know, another way to speed up the game and kind of, you know, slow down some of the cat and mouse that, that uh, you know, that can tend to prolong at bats. So there's a whole lot going on across all of minor league baseball. Sorry to, to uh, drone on, but some interesting things as fan watch, watch games in person or on MILB.TV. They'll be able to see uh, the Memphis Springfield Peoria games, most all those games, I think. Uh, Palm Beach games, uh, very few, unfortunately, will be available. How about, I want to go into the robo-umps. How are they doing this? And is it being done every game or are they going to just test it here and there? 
Yeah, they're going to test. Not every park, I don't think, has the equipment. They tried uh, an earlier attempt with the TrackMan system, and that didn't work out so well. So now they're trying something called ABS, the automatic ball strike system. And, you know, it's it's not clear exactly how many games or how long. They say just select a game. So, you know, it's not going to be something I think that's going to get rammed down the throats of everybody. They're trying to gather more data to figure out if this is going to work. And, and my personal opinion is I think it's coming. It's only a matter of time. Me too. But, but, you know, they just have to make sure that the technology is dependable and that, you know, the results can be consistent and fair. And would there be like uh, there be a home plate umpire because you could have plays at the plate, that kind of thing. And then is there someone up at the press box, kind of looking at the monitor with the computer, and then just that's actually that's exactly right. And okay. there'll be there would be an ear there would be an earpiece ear that the yeah. umpire would wear that he would get communicated from above what the what the machine said the call was. I, I know you had the chance to visit with some of the managers in the minor league system. What what were their thoughts on on doing this? Well, uh, we didn't get to chat, talk to the Palm Beach manager, so I don't really know uh, okay. about that. But just about to, that. in general about the rules, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think I think that, that a lot of people around baseball are open to new ideas, and this is one of the things that, that, that there's been a benefit, I think, with Major League Baseball taking over the minor leagues. And I was critical about that move overall because it felt heavy-handed. And But but by Major League Baseball kind of being in charge, they're able to determine places to test some of these changes. And if they don't, if they fail, you know, they're not going to bring them up to the major leagues. But, you know, it's, it's a way to, you know, so have some test beds with some of the younger players. And, you know, I think, you know, we've seen some things, you know, work fine. Some of the changes, like the extra innings rule, you know, it, we were all as traditionalists. We we're saying, you know, I don't think so. But once you get into it, you say, well, yeah, that makes sense. Now, you know, I don't know about like the home run derby that they're going to try in the international league to break ties and extra innings and things like that. But, you know, I'm, I'm at least, I'm encouraged that major league baseball is open to new ideas. I am too. Um, let's uh, make sure we close this out with the, the prospect guide. Now that the uh, games are in full swing, your prospect guide dives into the top players in the system. It's it's highly detailed. What's happening with the CardinalNation.com, number one, but the prospect guide as well. Yeah, the prospect guide, uh, 259 pages of detail. Um, I'm detailed tools, um, scouting reports on the top prospects in the system. You want to know who has the best curveball. You want to know which runners have the the best speed tools. We've got all that information about all these young players that we've been talking about in the system, the, the, all the name prospects that you know, history information, um, information about past drafts, about international classes, who got how much money when. So there's just a wealth of information. If you're a fan of Cardinals minor league baseball, you want to learn about the next players that will be coming up to St. Louis in the future, I encourage you to stop by and buy. You can pick it up in either PDF or spiral-bound printed book form. Lots of color pictures, lots of color graphs, just full, full of information. In terms of what's on the site, I've done a series, an in-depth series on each of the four full-season rosters, not just the list of players, but who are they, how do they fit, what are their histories? How are they probably going to be used by the teams? What the rotations are? We know the starting rotations for all the teams. So just, again, depth. If you care about the Cardinals minor league system, you're going to get a level of information about the system at the Cardinal Nation that you will not find anywhere else. I guarantee it. It's awesome stuff. It really is. TheCardinalNation.com. Again, we're brought to you by Blue Tail Medical Group. We do this every Wednesday. So you want to know what's happening with the minor leagues, head to TheCardinalNation.com. Or check us out every Wednesday here on scoopswithdannymac.com. Hey, Brian, always great to catch up. We'll see you next Wednesday. You got it, Dan.